Hello and welcome to the Perlu Podcast, Influencer Marketing Reimagined, a podcast where we chat with influencer marketing professionals, social media influencers, bloggers, YouTubers, podcasters, you name it, about what has led to their success. Today we're going to be speaking with Betty Ann Schlossberg of Lyft. Betty Ann is the Director of Influencer Marketing and Entertainment Events on the Culture and Entertainment Team at Lyft. She leads all influencer marketing campaigns and entertainment event partnerships. Prior to Lyft, she worked at Google for over six years, managing celebrity and influencer partnerships across hardware. She launched Google's first white glove concierge program, as well as a micro-influencer community for hardware with over 400 influencers. Prior to Google, Betty Ann worked at a tech startup and as a producer at Crispin Porter and Bogusky, both in Miami. Betty Ann earned a bachelor's degree from Duke University and currently lives in New York City with her husband, Jason, and her dog, Clifford. I'm your host, Alexis Trammell. If you enjoyed today's episode, we hope you sign up for Perlu to learn more about how you can grow your influencer marketing career. Thank you so much for joining us today, Betty Ann. Of course. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Good. Well, how about you just tell us more about like what kinds of programs are you running at Lyft? And I mean, you came from Google and then that tech startup. So how are these programs unique from the work that you've worked on in the past? Yeah. So I think why influencer marketing at Lyft is unique is because we really focus on a lot of social impact. So when we think about influencer marketing, we think of it as a tiered approach. We work with micro-influencers, we work with mid-tier or macro-influencers, and we work with big celebrities as well. We also do influencer events, as well as co-marketing events in the entertainment space. But a lot of these campaigns and events that we are doing have a layer of social impact to them. When we think about what influencer marketing is, it's really a primer. So it's not our entire marketing campaign, but it's definitely a big part of the strategy. We think of influencer marketing happening both digitally and in real life. As I mentioned, we like to do a lot of events and partner on events that have influencers and an entertainment component. At Lyft, we're really a mission-driven company, and we are trying to make transportation accessible for all. And so in doing that, we have a lot of social impact campaigns. And in today's day and age, influencers are really looking for something meaningful to talk about. Because of that, it really allows us to authentically engage with influencers. And it really is less transactional than my past career. Oh, that makes so much sense. And so on that mission-driven note on making transportation accessible, when we previously spoke, you mentioned that 99% of your work for a Lyft marketing is to make a social impact. And you listed several highly creative and show-stopping influencer campaigns for social good, from fighting food inequality and empowering the trans and non-binary communities to facilitating conversations around immigration. Could you tell our listeners about these awesome things you and the Lyft marketing team have been achieving? So I am super excited because since we last talked, we actually launched a brand new initiative called Lift Up. So you are the first to hear about it. Oh, awesome. um, 
So, so we, we launched this about two weeks ago, and it's all about bringing transportation access for all, those who really need it most. Nearly 4.5 million Americans do not have access to reliable, affordable transportation, and we really want to change that. And so Lift Up is about the notion that everybody should have access, no matter who you are, to, to reliable, affordable transportation. So within Lift Up, we have a range of programs. You, you touched on them a minute ago um, when, when you asked the question, but some of those programs are our grocery access program, where we're providing transportation um, for communities to be able to get healthy food. Our jobs access program, where we are providing access to transportation so that people can either go to interviews or once they get a job, get to that job our voting access where we're providing people with access to register to vote and get to the polls, our disaster response, and then our bike share access. Our bike share access is what we really honed in on two weeks ago when we did a big partnership with LeBron James. So we partnered with him and his company, Uninterrupted, to really empower thousands of youth by providing them with free one-year bike share memberships. And for clarity, just in case you don't know, uh, Lyft owns the, most of the major bike shares across the country. So City Bike in New York City, Divi Bike in Chicago, Bay Wheels in San Francisco, et cetera. Wow. So, yeah. So um, with this announcement with LeBron, I think what's really interesting about this use case of influencer marketing is that it was truly a tiered approach in the sense that we had our major celebrity LeBron. Then we partnered with a professional BMXer, Nigel Sylvester, who is you know, top of his game in the BMX world. Um, he's New York based and he is a content creator. So he's creating content on YouTube, on Instagram. So we used him as a creative director for a video that we created in partnership with LeBron. So Nigel creative directed this video as well as starred in this video. LeBron had a voiceover in this video. So that, that launched when we launched the partnership. Then we worked with 50 micro-influencers from around the country to talk about Lift Up, talk about why bikes are meaningful to them. And then on top of that, we had an unboxing experience where about 25 of our nearest and dearest from our influencer community received boxes of swag items that were created to go along with the campaign. So... This campaign is actually still ongoing right now since it just launched uh, two weeks ago. So I don't have all of the results, but um, we have already seen incredible media pickup from this. And we expect this to be one of our biggest, most successful influencer campaigns. That is so awesome. Oh my goodness. So what all goes into this kind of work? I mean, we've got videos, we've got celebrities, we've got 50 influencers and it's for the youth. So anyone who does not have their driver's license currently, correct? And it's in all of the major cities. I mean, this is a huge campaign. Tell me about the work that's had to go into this on your end. Yeah. So, I mean, this has definitely taken a long time to you know, come to fruition because there's a lot of negotiations and 
figuring out, you know, from the very beginning, it was figuring out who the right partner is. And LeBron was a natural fit for this because he is so passionate about bikes. If you just even Google prior to this launch, LeBron bike, there was a, a lot of hit, a lot of articles of him talking about how bikes were so important to him that when he was younger, it all started with a bike. Bikes gave him freedom. Bikes gave him access. And he wanted to be able to provide that. And what Lyft's superpower is, is of course, transportation. So with LeBron's power and our power combined, we were able to make this happen. That was the spark of the idea. So it was a lot of collaborating with him, figuring out what made the most sense for him. And I think a big thing, you know, this word gets thrown around a lot, but finding authentic partners. But this relationship between LeBron and Lyft was so natural because it it was something he was passionate about. It was something we were able to provide at scale. And it just made it feel less transactional and more authentic. Mm-hmm. And then- yeah. And then from there, you know, we, when, in working with Nigel, Nigel's actually been a friend of the brand for a while. And back in the day when I was at Google, I also worked with Nigel then. So he's kind of been in, in the family. So working with Nigel was such an incredible process because we really went to him as, you know, the expert on how to create a video that includes incredible bikers from around New York City, youth bikers from around New York City. And so he um, not only creative directed the video, but he curated um, about 10 to 12 youth that were in the video. And then he started in the video as well. That was a lot of fun. I think a big thing is instead of just saying, hey, Nigel, you're going to be in this video and dictating what that video looked like, we had him play a part in the creative process. And so I think in working with influencers, that is something that's very important to, to have them play a part, a, a role, because then they just, they feel more invested and you're going to get more out of them. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And we hear that time and time again about how much more powerful a campaign can be whenever um, you get the creative perspective of the influencer upstream. Yeah. And then, of course, there was our micro-influencers. Their content is still ongoing and and coming out. But we asked our micro-influencer community to tell us their story of a bike, why a bike has changed their life. And so we've gotten just such amazing stories that have come out on social, whether it was a local New Yorker who has immigrated from outside of the United States, moving to New York and using a bike in order to get to school. And then in order to get to a job, these stories that the influencers are telling have just been so incredible. And then from there, I I didn't even mention this, but right after that launch, we packed up our bags and went to Sundance where we were the official rideshare partner of Sundance. And at Sundance, we decided to do a lift up influencer experience to really spread the word of what we were doing with this Lift Up program to the influencer community at Sundance. As I described when I first started, Lift Up encompasses a lot of things. It doesn't encompass just bike share, it encompasses job access, grocery access, et cetera. So we decided to focus on grocery access 
for our experience at Sundance. And we had about 40 influencers join us for a full day of giving back. So we started by visiting a local food bank in Park City called the Christian Center. And we donated um, bags of food that the influencers packed themselves to the Christian Center. From there, we went to a brunch experience where we flew in Chef JJ Johnson from Harlem. He has an incredible restaurant in Harlem called Field Trip, which is all about food equity, bringing healthy, good food to communities that don't have it. So we flew him in to cook an incredible brunch and talk with other thought leaders in the space about what food equity means, what it means to not have access to healthy food, to be a mother of two in the middle of Harlem and have the closest grocery store be 14 blocks away. And that is not access to food. That makes it difficult for her to get there. And so really helping these influencers that may not have heard of things like food deserts or food equity, understand what it is, was so amazing because all the influencers walked away and were, and were like, you know, we really learned something and now we want to take action, which I think is very important for influencers today. Oh, I love that. You gave me goosebumps. Wow. <laughs> it's so cool. I have, I have so many more questions, but let's take a quick break. I'd like to tell the audience a little bit more about Perlu, the platform that all influencer marketing professionals should be using to connect with influencers. It's not a subscription-based directory. It's a professional network of active influencers, ensuring that brands partner with only the best. And you can sign up and try this platform for free today. No commitments, nor obligations. Here's Pat Daniel, the co-founder of Perlu, to tell you a little bit more. Influencer marketing is broken. Influencers have no place to call home and are quickly lost in messy Facebook groups when trying to work together. And to be found by brands, they join every influencer directory they can find, along with millions of other influencers only to wait endlessly for cookie cutter collaborations. And brands, well, they're faced with a landscape overpopulated with influencers and underpopulated with successes. They're forced to take their chances on partners based on little more than usernames and follower counts hoping the influencers aren't fake and their campaigns aren't a waste of time. This is Perlu, committed to helping everyone in influencer marketing succeed. It isn't a database, it's a community of active and thriving Instagrammers, bloggers, YouTubers, podcasters, you name it, using Perlu tools to work together, grow audiences, and produce great content. As Perlu members work together, they're organizing communities, weeding out the idle and fake influencers and establishing themselves as professionals which makes deciphering who's who in the influencer world easy. Whether you're a brand or an influencer, we make it easy to find great partners, get expert advice, and create brilliant campaigns for groundbreaking impact. Perlu, influencer marketing reimagined. So Betty Ann, how did you go about finding those micro influencers, whether it's like the 50 that helped with the bike share program for lift up or the food equity. How did you know whether these influencers were going to be the right fit? Yeah. So when we look at influencers, we really evaluate them based on their content, who they are, their passions. We don't look for influencers that are just posting various products every single day. We need to make sure that 
the message that they are getting across can really relate to the message that we would like them to share with their audiences. So for example, we, we really look for a diverse group of influencers who are really mavericks in their various verticals and they're really pushing their industry forward. So if they're a photographer, they have a unique angle, they have a unique point of view. If they're a foodie, same thing. If they're passionate about fashion, same thing. So we want to make sure that they will be able to be a storyteller for our brand and truly align with our brand. When we work with influencers, we hope it's not just a one and done opportunity. We really want to build long lasting relationships. I see from my time at Google, when I built our micro influencer communities at Google to today, a lot of those influencers are still with me and we still work together. I've seen them grow and develop to much you know, bigger influencers. So I think just identifying these culture creators, these mavericks in their various verticals is, is key to success for influencer marketing. Of course. Yeah. So how do you choose when you want to be working with nano, micro, macro, or celebrity influencers? Yeah, I think, you know, as I mentioned, this tiered approach, we really work with micro influencers the most to create this steady drumbeat that really primes an audience. And that is really on an ongoing timeframe. So, you know, monthly, we are working with micro influencers. The bigger macro influencers, we will have them come in, you know, whether it's to get involved with an event or like with Nigel Sylvester, he's a macro influencer to help creative direct something. So that's a little less frequently. And then our celebrities are really around our key campaign moments in time. So another big celebrity that we worked with was last year during Pride, we worked with Sasha Velour from RuPaul's Drag Race. And she acted as our creative director as well in partnership with our creative team to help us design and construct our float for New York Pride and curate what would happen on our float. We had a campaign that was really empowering the trans and non-binary communities. The campaign was called Two is Too Few. And the whole idea was that we wanted to make sure that we were speaking and giving voice to those communities. So from Lyft, we really took action and we added all pronouns to our app, which was exciting because other um big tech companies followed suit after us. And then we helped our trans and non-binary community of drivers by giving them access to change their name that is on their license, which is a tedious, difficult process. I'm actually going through that process right now myself to change my name because I recently got married and it's very hard to navigate. So we gave them the tools and also funds to help them uh, navigate that process. And then Sasha Valor came in and really helped to tell that story. Sasha was just the most engaged and really gave it her all. And we had such an amazing partnership with her. So to go back to your question, we, we use celebrities for these big key tentpole moments like that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely needs some eye catchers for such a big movement like that. That's beautiful. How powerful is that? The lift would change the genders on the app and then everyone else follows. That's amazing. Yeah, I think what is incredible about Lyft is that we don't just do a marketing campaign, we actually take action. And I think a lot of brands try to be part of the social impact narrative because it's so popular today, but they don't actually do the action. Whereas us at Lyft, we are taking action. Mm-hmm. Making real changes. Yeah. It's amazing. So who have been some of your favorite celebrities to work with? Uh, wow. Well, I would have to say my number one was John Legend. When oh. I, yeah, he was <laughs> so incredible to work with. My last big uh, partnership while I was at Google was with John Legend. And we filmed a music video of his entirely on the Pixel 2. And so he was just such a just pleasure to work with. So um, just responsive and genuine and was really easy for us to work with. I also think um, I loved Sasha, as I mentioned before. She was incredible. The year before that, for Lift Pride, we worked with Bobby Burke from Queer Eye. He um, officiated some LGBTQ weddings on our float in the parade. And he was so fun to work with. And it was such a passion of his. And then I would say, also while I was at Google, I worked with Jeff Koons. So not quite a celebrity, but a celebrity artist. And that was such an amazing experience to see his creative genius and how he worked to create a product with us. So yeah, I've had a wide range of, I mean, there's been a ton more, but those are probably the ones that are at the top of my mind. (laughs) Wow. What a dream. That's amazing. So, all right. So how do you see influencer marketing evolving throughout 2020? Yeah. So as I mentioned at the start, I think influencers are searching for meaningful things to talk about. Influencers are bored, quite frankly. They get offers and pitches day in, day out. And I think at this point in time, they can truly be picky about who they partner with. And on the inverse of that, brands can truly be picky about who they partner with. And I think it is more important than ever to find a voice that is going to resonate with the message that you're trying to get across. So in the example that I gave around um, Lift Up and the 50 micro-influencers that we were using to tell their bike story, we didn't want just an influencer who was riding a bike just to ride a bike. We wanted an influencer who really had a story and could relate and could relay that to their audiences of of how important that bike was. And so I think with the climate of the nation and with everything that's going on, I think influencers and brands are really looking for that real transparency in in each other. Mm -hmm. Makes a lot of sense. 
All right, Betty Ann, um, what are some of your biggest lessons learned in this influencer marketing industry? Yeah, so I've been in the industry for about eight to nine years now. And before influencer marketing was even influencer marketing. And I think the biggest learning that I've had is that influencers are people. While a lot of brands try to hold them to a higher standard, in the end, they're human and mistakes are made. And I think in my position, you have to be able to know how to work with that and know when to just kind of take the step back and say, you know what, he or she made a mistake and, and that's okay. We'll get through it. We're going to fix it. A lot of brands really make their influencer partnerships so strict and stringent and transactional that it takes the human aspect out of it. And so I think my biggest learning and my biggest tip of advice for anybody else in the industry is just to take a step back and realize that influencers are people too. Mm -hmm. Show some grace. Yeah, exactly. Wonderful. That's a great message. Thank you so much for sharing that. Of course. Well, thank you so much, Betty Ann. I have one final question for you. Sure. Your dog Clifford, what breed is he? Is he a big red dog? <laughs> He's a medium-sized red dog. He's <laughs> half lab, half Manchester Terrier, and he's turning 12 this year. So he's he's an older man, but he's he's so great. He's the best dog ever. Wonderful. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Betty Ann. I'm so glad that you joined us today. It's been such a pleasure talking to you about all these big, big uh, differences that you and Lyft have been making. Well, thank you so much. It was so fun chatting. I love talking about this. So um, thank you for having me today. Awesome. And thank you to everyone listening. We hope you really enjoyed hearing from Betty Ann Schlossberg at Lyft. If you like our show and are interested in what it takes to succeed in influencer marketing, check out our blog at blog.perlu.com for more podcasts and blog posts. And sign up for Perlu at perlu.com to meet, mingle, connect, collaborate, and grow your career. We hope you join us for our next installation of the Perlu podcast, Influencer Marketing Reimagined.